welcome to Winging It, a Crystal Palace podcast episode two. Or are we three? What are we now? We had a zero. We're episode two. Yeah. Titled, don't tweet that. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into any of that stuff, I'm going to crack open my beer right here. I've got a brewery I've never had before, Azvec Brewing Company, and it's called Combat Juggling. And anyone who's got a fear of clowns, there's two clowns fighting on the front of the can here. Got a, fi- got a fear a, of a fucking a- shit beer. Oh, I was <laughs> going to say there's a Roy Hodgson joke there. Clowns fighting. Mm, well, do you know what? After last week on the pod, we talked to com- compared him to Bricktop from Snatch. And then he politely obliges by trying to fight someone 50 years younger than him with a clear, do you know who I am? Hodgson, fan of the pod, confirmed. Thanks for listening, Roy. (laughs) Thanks for listening, Roy. Yeah. Um, My birthday brother. Uh, Combat juggling. It's a Simcoe, Citra and Strata hops. It's um, it's pretty good. Mm. It's from the Netherlands, apparently. Oh. Mm. No, no, it's nice from Liverpool. It's it's nice from Liverpool. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Something's been imported from the Netherlands. I don't know. This can is confusing. The clown. The clowns are confusing me. (laughs) The beer's beer's scouse, the clown's Dutch. It's the Virgil van Dyke of craft beers from from Holland, but very popular in Liverpool. (laughs) Very good, very good. They'd hate to see it leave. Oh, no, that's Carlsberg. (laughs) They'd, They'd hate to see it leave for Saudi Arabia. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Talking of beer, I saw the most outrageous of tweets leading up to the Sheffield United game. It was a group of Palace lads on the train mm. on the way up to Sheffield. They had kegs. They had kegs on the train. Not just any kegs as well. Paulina and Bitburger, like good German lagers. Well, I, was, I just can't believe it. I'm gobsmacked. That the, Whereas after, away, after drinking away. your clown, after changing drinking your clown juggling, you're going to have to change your kegs by the looks of it. <laughs> it's evolved. I'm, I'm an old man. Drinking on away days has evolved. I can't believe it. They're there with pint glasses, pouring out drinks out kegs. I'm very impressed. That's not what's on offer to Plymouth away from you, is it? Is that part of the deal? No, actually, uh, not 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 if you're driving. It's probably a bad idea. Yeah. As you probably all know, Palace drew Plymouth away in the second round of the League Cup. I've twice in the past turned down going to Plymouth, so I still haven't ticked it off my grounds. And it's hard for me to get new grounds with Palace these days, looting aside this season, which I haven't been to. So I need to go to Plymouth this time. So it will be a, a very long drive there and back on the same day, which I'm trying to convince Heskiff to join in with. Have you been? No. I bet you, yeah, oh, you didn't even do the Moses one when we won with Moses down there. Mm. Nope. That's, okay. that's one of the reasons I'm considering it. Obviously, hours of company with you is is the main draw, but new ground is also on the list there too. But Albert, you've been through Plymouth, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've been down. I've been down. To, what? I've been down to Plymouth a few times. Not for football. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that's uh, in jokes which we will leave behind. Uh, Very in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know what I'm drinking? 
Uh, I do. Heineken. I'm drinking, Terence, this is for you, mate. I'm drinking um, Marks and Spencer's double strength lemon squash. Very nice. nice. But only this is only for you guys. It's double strength, right? It says it on the label. But my mum, who stays with us quite a lot, obviously feels the need to. She said, <laughs> she, she, for the for the listeners, my mum has sellotaped a post-it note just above where it says double strength on the actual label in her own handwriting. The double strength, double exclamation mark. So she's obviously been caught out by it a couple of times. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, um, from, from what you've just shown, it's probably quadruple strength because it looks like you're just drinking it straight out of the bottle. No, you're I've just brought to, the bottle. Just, to, I've just brought the bottle with me. You're supposed to dilute it, Albert. That's the point, how strong it? is how strong is your beer, Terence? What <laughs> uh, percentage? Five point two percent. Yeah. Well, this is made with twenty percent real fruit. So there you go. <laughs> Potent. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so we've started the season off with a win. Very exciting. Um, clean sheet as well. So we're already eating into Heskiff's prediction of eight for the season. You wait <laughs> till Johnson gets injured, mate. <laughs> Remy Matthews loyal. Oh, God. Oh, God, don't. Or we could just buy a crap keepers off Chelsea for 25 million. We won't We won't get into Chelsea now. We'll, we'll touch on Chelsea a bit later. Um, I'm going to leave it right towards the end of the pod. I just, I need this beer to settle in first before I get into that conversation. And a note to producer Sam, who who will be editing the show, get the expletive button ready when we talk <laughs> yes. about Chelsea. Yeah, beep. Um, but yeah, great, great ways to start the season. Probably should have won by more. Um, as the um, Ollie, the Sheffield United fan, who was on last week on the show I think it gave quite a fair assessment of them um, you know they look like they're going to struggle with that team very you know very toothless up top but looked quite organised defensively but even then we were at times just able to carve through them yeah. and yeah so I enjoyed it and Roy getting in a bit of a scuffle and it had a bit of everything that's exactly <laughs> what you want 1-0 victory your striker scoring on the opening day so very very happy with those three points indeed um and we're going to start with three and three where we'll get we'll pick three players from the game and each of us get a minute on them so albert you chose jordan are you I so did. let me just get my little timer ready here oh, oh you're actually timing it oh. yeah you get you get a minute mate okay I gave nobody no prep for this, so something no, you didn't. Fine over time, but um, Joel Nayo, let us know why you had a good game. Your minute starts now. I was going to say, can I have thirty seconds? Can he score the second half? Because it's my son's <laughs> birthday. Uh, anyway, uh, Jordan Ayu. Uh, no I thought, repetition, yes. no hesitation. Oh no. Christ! Um, much like Jordan Ayu. Um <laughs> Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought everybody, everybody in the in the in the front six sort of played well, and I thought Jordan Ayu, who we we all know what Jordan Ayu's there for. He's there for holding the ball up, getting us up the pitch, winning the niggly fouls, and um, I thought he did exceptionally well and seemed to be apart from Eze, who was like the main seemed to be the main architect that everything was flowing through. Jordan Ayu just seemed to be very industrious. Um, and you know he's all about the work rate, and I think particular, particular no disrespect to United, 
I think particularly against teams like that, um, you know, I think Jordan Ayew is going to find a bit more joy. Um, and we, we know he's not a Will Saha replacement. You know, let's not get carried away here, even though I've had a 20% lemon squash. Uh, but yeah, I thought he did really well. You know, obviously scored. Uh, but out. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. I wonder what that noise was. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm just going to stop talking about Jordan Ayo. There's somebody at my door. Why is DHL at the door at 20 past 10? Yeah. Excellent stuff. Yeah, really good game for Jordan Ayo. Done really, really well. Typical Jordan Ayo, but adding a little bit of quality on some of those deliveries as well. So good stuff. Heskey, if you've gone to Jefferson Lerma for yours, so your minute starts now. Pick the easy one, really, because I think he was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. Um, yeah, just did everything really well. Sort of broke up play well, very physical. Um, got forward a lot more than I sort of expected as well, actually. Um, sort of thought he would be alongside check a bit more. I guess he might be against worse teams. And to be honest, when we bought him... Well, before it was signed, I thought he was just a bit of a shithouse. And I was like, it was going to be good having a shithouse on your team. But he's going by that performance a lot, lot more than that. You know, um, like I say, picked a pass really well, got tackles in, got forward into the box, assisted a pass to himself where he headed the ball over a defender and spam round him, which was a nice little touch. Um, really, I mean, I know it's only one game and it was Sheffield United, but... If that's what we can expect, it's a bit of another Dougie masterclass, isn't it? Mm, indeed. Seriously, <laughs> I was I was really really impressed with his performance. Uh, really excellent, and you know what? Weirdly about it, adds another heading option in mid- mid- mm. midfield. Always aiming goal kicks towards Jeff Schlupp's head. Now Jefferson Lerma, I think he won twelve headers in that game. Um, but yeah, really really good box to box. Great foil for Decore. I think that's going to balance out nicely as the season goes on. Um, I've gone with Edward. I will start now. I think Edward obviously didn't have the best of times under Vieira. Um, Two in 23 or something like that before the Sheffield United game. But what I noticed about the game was he was in the right place a lot of the time. His work off the ball was excellent. Every time he was... Uh, we, we were picking up the ball and hitting on counters. He was in the right place at the right time, which I haven't seen for it. There was no points in that game where it felt like Edward faded out the game and disappeared from the game. He was always, always in it. And I do wonder if that's a preseason under Roy, where it's very like, this is the striker we want you to be. Here's where we, here's what we want you to do. And here's how you're going to do it. And he's listened and I've drummed that into him. And fundamentally now, what you need him to do is, you know, drop into those pockets, pick the ball up, cycle it out to your Eze's, your Ayus, hopefully your releases, get into the six-yard box, get on the end of the ball. Jobs are good on. Quite, quite timed that perfectly. There you go. You did. Oh, it's, almost, it's almost like you knew it was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but no, brilliant. With, with Edouard, like you're saying, about being in the right place and making the right runs, like it wasn't, a difficult finish from because it was a brilliant cross, but there were a lot of times last year where he wouldn't have been in that spot to be mm. able to, you know, poke it in. Um, and he was, well, he wasn't unlucky to be offside for the second one because he should have timed the run a bit better, but hopefully that'll come. And yeah. 
and the the double figures outrageous prediction that I made last week. <laughs> Maybe not so much, but you know, I I would say I don't think he was. I don't think the connect. Uh, there's still a slight disconnect between him and what they're trying to do. He was constantly trying to peel off the last shoulder, of, and we're never looking for him. Like he made a lot of runs that felt wasted, where players could have looked for him and he could have got in behind. So. That's just another added thing. If those start to connect up as the season goes on as well, um, be really interesting. Um, and you know what? I was, a couple of runs from deep from Schlupp as well. I, I, Schlupp's making himself undroppable, you know. <laughs> he's had um, a really good preseason and he's playing really, really well at the moment. So, yeah, interesting. Interesting times. We'll just have to see what happens in the rest of the transfer window. But in the lead up to the game... <laughs> which is why this episode is called Don't Tweet That. Palace put the line up on Twitter as they normally do. And almost immediately, Vicente Guaita has responded to the tweet <laughs> saying, where is my name? So how can I play for Palace? So welcome to our section that we're naming Vicente Traitor. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> was that the doorbell? <laughs> That's an old school tweet sound, if I remember yes. rightly. When you used to yeah. send a tweet. So, I mean, don't tweet that. What's he doing? He's he's a grown man. It's not like he's a kid. What's it? What's he? What's he thinking? Hesky, if you can start me off, where, where's his head at? Oh my god! Great question. I, I was. Uh, I saw the the team the, the tweet go up. I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I saw that reply. Assumed it was, you know, like a parody account. <laughs> Thought that's that's pretty funny. Click through, saw that it was actually Vinny. I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh no. Like if you saw, I mean, we'll go on and talk about it. But if you saw a youth team player doing that, you'd be like, oh god, you're not a child, you know. Even if you're like 17 or whatever, don't do that. And I mean, you know, some stuff's come out saying, oh, maybe it was his agent or whatever. Don't matter if, if it's off your account. That is a very, very bad look. And, you know, to ask, like, how can I play? Train? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, that's number one, I would have thought. It's, it's disappointing. It's really disappointing because it's, you know, I think we touched on it last week when we were talking about how he didn't train and how disappointing it was because it seems a bit out of character. It has devolved even more with that tweet. Absolutely ridiculous. But then saying that his last picture that he tweeted was a picture of his kid like bent over at a ninety degree angle asleep in his car seat without any without any head support or anything. So if 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 that's how he's treating his kids in Jeez. car journeys, <laughs> not surprised. I wonder wow. if Julian Sproni's been around and said, "Mate, look, we need to cook a pie together again." And let's <laughs> set Dougie sending him over as the peace broker or something like that it's going to end up, it's going to end up with Parrish saying just off a, just off a jewels of contract get him back <laughs> next week triple unveiling of Spironi Balassi and Townsend yeah. <laughs> the, re- the reason why we can't laugh is because <laughs> it doesn't feel that unrealistic no, it, it might happen you've just manifested it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the greater thing's nuts. When you, I think you, you lot sent me the, the screenshot. Um, one of you lot sent me the screenshot, and again, 
Flight of Heskiff, I assumed it was a piss take. <laughs> and then, yeah, sort of looks. Oh, no, that's him. It's like, fucking hell. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy move. It's a crazy, crazy move. All right, it's a tweet. It's not like it's not like he's, you know, stubbed a cigarette out in a youth player's eye or shot someone with an air rifle or anything like that. But <laughs> it just, it, it, that was Ashley, aimed at Ashley Cole. Uh, not, <laughs> not anyone. Why? Who are you thinking of? Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, you know... It's it's a bold move, and it's you know essentially it's going to turn into he said she said you know Roy's obviously come out and really laid it bare that he's refusing to train whatever intimated that it's because he's not first choice, um and, and yeah days later he's come out and and just poured a massive jerry can of petrol on the fire so I'd I'd, I'd love to have been in house at that point to see if that was referred to or how that was dealt with because it's a it's a it's a crazy move you're not you're not um you're not making yourself any more popular certainly yeah. within the ranks by doing that and of as of 16th of august at 10 30 p.m it's still there not deleted so he meant it he put that tweet out of his chest <laughs> yeah mm. but this obviously got us thinking about other times Palace players, notably, have tweeted things that are either funny or probably shouldn't be tweeted. Um, first one we landed on was Owen Carvin when he was left out of the 25-man squad by Ian Holloway, to which he prophetically tweeted, I'll be here longer than he will, trust me, <laughs> which was which was actually true somehow. <laughs> but um, do you remember old... old at Garvulation on Twitter as he was back then. Oh yeah, Classic. I remember. I remember this, but the type, the timeline for me is murky because didn't Garvin start the, our first home game, our first Premier League game against Spurs? Yeah, but it was all to do with this was at the end of the transfer window when oh, all, of, window when all of a sudden we signed. Yeah, we'd signed twenty six players or twenty. We had yeah. like, we had a squad of twenty eight or whatever it was, and then poor old Florian Marange. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even get in it despite having signed. Um, Owen yeah. Garvin was left out. You know, Ian Holloway in response to the tweet said, you know, he was going to be in my squad of 25, but he told me, don't put me in, don't bother putting me in the squad if I'm not starting every week. So they'd obviously had some sort of falling out and there's a lot of he said, she said kind of vibes going on. But You've made the decision for me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was, a, oh, it, it was a shit show at that time. We signed everyone. These these days, we, you know, we're lucky if we get one every other transfer window. <laughs> yeah, these days we no. sign no one. But we do have the half red, half blue kit. So oh, maybe that's what inspired... Vinny G, they were like, you know, as Vinny, as part of our um, 10-year Premier League celebrations, could you just <laughs> really, really niche, just tweet something shit at the club, that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> and in a, in a in a similar effort to recapture that magic, Dougie Freeman's scouring the transfer mar- market for someone with a greasy mullet to come in and <laughs> re- reinvigorate our front line. <laughs> It's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Maro Anshamak. How I miss you. Mm. Moving away from Twitter, but to Facebook. There was a Facebook faux pas back in the late 2000s 
from a young Ashley Paul Robinson. <laughs> who on his facebook page which what i get what i can remember and gather from it is that he thought he was sharing it with just his facebook friends but it turned out he was sharing it and in, in an entire group of people who are from london so millions of people saw it and it was quickly picked up by the papers to which you, <laughs> when we asked in the group, um, can anyone remember any tweets? Albert was straight in with on this ting. <laughs> so which he did. That's what he said. He said, Robin, Robinson posted a message on Saturday, which read going to Fulham on Monday. If I pull this off, I'm on this ting. He actually says, Ashley Paul is going Fulham on Monday. <laughs> yes. So- I'm not even sure. I've, the, the the worst part of the crime might be referring to himself in the third person. Um, well, maybe he just saw the future and had a social media manager early early doors. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just on his Wikipedia page, and it, it actually worked out really well for him. Um, <laughs> after he left after he left Palace, he's uh, turned out for such luminaries as Chipstead, Horsham, YMCA. Bognor Regis, South Park. Or oh, you can get a good um, meal there. Careful. And AFC Whiteleaf currently. So, what in, whatever, in South whatever. Park? <laughs> you get a good meal in South Park. No, the YMCA. Uh, 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 the shitty wall. If you know yeah. your South Park. <laughs> you see, he apparently he then followed it up the next day with uh, all again referring to some Actually, this is very. This is like live. Actually, Paul is. Tr- is is travelling to Bath with Fulham. Fingers crossed, brackets. I'm looking to get some tips off Jimmy Bullard. He's on this ting. <laughs> no hype. No hype, LOL. Brackets. Laugh out loud. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he never he never qualified what this ting was. Much like, you know, Parrish has said, we're going to take you to the next level. He didn't say where the next level was. <laughs> <laughs> so this well, thing this, this thing might be the YMCA. Who knows? Do you know what he do you remember what he posted next? Because there was yep. one more post. It says after the news of the move spread, he posted a new message yesterday afternoon saying Ashley Paul's been very naughty. LOL. <laughs> Why is he referring Hashtag to himself in the third Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it's somewhat, yeah, someone was managing his account or accidentally logged in. With, I don't know. I don't know what's happened yeah. there. But sadly, he did not, he did go for a trial at Fulham, didn't work out for him. I don't know why he was going for a trial at Fulham. He had six palace appearances for starters, like, that's a sub, but there you go. Still playing. If you want to head down to Whiteleaf, you can see Ashley Paul Robinson this season. Could based- someone go down and, and check if he is still on this thing? Yeah. <laughs> I might be on that thing now. Who knows? Yeah, he might be on that thing. Yeah. Or the other thing. Yeah. Indeed. Then we had Christian Benteke signing for Burnley <laughs> on the day that he signed for Palace. Now, this was obviously <clears throat> social media manager, as Benteke said. Um, Oops, my bad. LOL, there's something about LOL that footballers love. Yes, I signed for CPFC and not Burnley. Sorry for the little mistake. Little mistake. We've just broken our transfer record in chucking 30 million quid at you. 
and you're there saying, oh, they used to wear claret and blue. Just, just write Burnley, something like that. Fucking, I don't know. Um, After he dived for that penalty, mere weeks before, never forgotten. <laughs> you, just, you are the only person I know who remembers that. Who thinks when they think Benteke, nothing Palace related, diving yeah. for a penalty, slag. <laughs> but he said, "Sorry for the little mistake. The person that messages manages my Twitter got a little confused." How do you get confused? What what is that? I was talking to Burnley and Palace and I've plumped for Palace and he got confused. Yeah, you know you know who runs his social media account, don't you? <laughs> it's actually Paul Robinson. <laughs> Bracket brackets laugh out loud. Yeah. But what was funny it's about that whole well but gave it away. <laughs> well, that's the, the thing. They um the funny thing about it was in his Twitter bio, he had Burnley FC, but that Burnley L put like an, a random rogue L on the end of Burnley. Maybe it was actually Paul Robinson was going to put LOL again, but thought it was one too many. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But any other ones? Any other Palace, non-Palace related tweeting, social media faux pas that you could think of? Well... There's the classic Ian Botham, isn't there? But we should probably <laughs> probably not talk about that one. Nah. Do, do you know what, what's quite funny about Ian Botham is that he is... Not, when you not do the your, sight of his fucking no, penis, no, no, I'll tell no. you that. <laughs> that is not funny. Yeah. And we, we definitely don't need that re-upped in the WhatsApp, mate. So we're, we're good. <laughs> but no, he, he is a question, the answer to a question... Um, of, in sport, the, of sport, no, in the the citizen test, the like British citizenship test that you take. One of them is about Ian Botham. To which, when Why? my wife my wife took her citizenship test, um, she well, she said, "How am I supposed to know this? Who the fuck is Ian Botham?" <laughs> which was funny enough in itself. But he is came the up question. <laughs> Is is the question which former cricket star accidentally tweeted a picture of his cock and claimed it was an accident? Let's see, this is exactly it. So the other day, we're out on the drive talking to our American neighbour who's also taken a citizenship test. And she said the same thing. She's like, who's Ian Botham? And I was like, he's the one who sent a dick pic to Twitter. (laughs) What are you thinking? What I'm thinking, Ian, is you need to learn how Twitter works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't look up Ian Popham. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I'll send. I'll send it to you. Don't look it up. I'll send it <laughs> just, to you. just ask Albert. Albert's got it in his favourites on his iPhone. <laughs> Easy access to send very very quickly. Uh, hey Siri. the problem is when albert says hey siri now it just responds back where am i sending the picture of ian botham to this time albert (laughs) yeah the best use of ai that i've ever come across (laughs) i kind of i feel like this is taking a sting out of the jolene lescott tweet (laughs) do you want to recap that one Eskip? Yeah, I mean, it's a little less uh, abrasive than the Botham one. Uh, yeah, it was, um, I think you just reminded me that it was, they just lost 6-0, I think you said, when we looked it up. I remember him doing it. He essentially tweeted a picture of like a brand new car 
And it turns out it was after a 6-0 defeat where all the fans were giving him shit for being terrible. <laughs> yeah. And he was rubbing his face, rubbing their faces in it with all of his money. And his excuse for tweeting a picture of his brand new car mere, mere hours after that defeat was, oh, sorry, that was an accident. The phone was in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. So, Stand, so actually, stand, standing there just, yeah, exactly, just chatting to his mates. Oh, did, anyone, did anyone hear that? What was that? Oh. Oh, I must have just tweeted a picture of a £500,000 car to my Twitter account. I mean, maybe it is similar to the Botham thing, and that's how he managed to tweet. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. No more, Ian Botham, please. Thank you very much. That's, that's enough. His phone definitely wasn't in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could continue down the Ian Botham line and go for Sammy Nazri's tweets, Albert, but... No, I think, I think that you do. You have to look at that. that that's a that's an ordeal. You have to look that one up. Yeah, we'll be here all night if we want to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> yes. So that was Facente traitor, Finney. How did it come to this, mate? How did it come to this? Very, very. Can you see a way back for him? Not really. I think he's he's going to be a goner by the end of the window. Real Madrid even, need a keeper. No, they signed. Didn't they sign Quetta on loan? I, I can see. I can just see. Oh, I could even see contracts being torn up here. To be honest, but, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. <sighs> right, we are now going to go away, and me and Albert have talked to Chris from the North Bank podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Declan Rice. A bit about Timber getting injured, and a little bit about Eddie and Ketia, and who somehow didn't end up at Palace last year, and just you know, some general thoughts on the game on Monday night. Okay, we are now joined by Chris from the North Bank Podcast, who's going to fill us in on everything that is Arsenal. You know, traitors from south of the river up north. Um, <laughs> but before we get started, it's you know Albert. It's as we work out as the conversation goes on. Albert is a friend of Chris here, and he gives me his contact details. To which it comes through Mister CP. I got very confused. I said I need an Arsenal fan, Albert, not a Palace fan. What's going on here? No, yeah. no. It, it only just <laughs> it only just dawned on me as well. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for joining. No, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And in true Albert fashion, he's coming live from Cyprus here. Yeah, Chris is, not me. Chris <laughs> is. Chris is the one who's on holiday this week. He's disrupted uh, we my holiday. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Right, so we'll start off with, obviously, the big Arsenal news over the summer. Finally, it seemed very protracted, but procuring... Declan Rice and West Ham for uh, over a hundred million pounds. Um, I, f- I figured that the team must have changed a little bit. I don't know. Um, Xhaka last season managed to get a bunch of goals, uh, which was very unlike him, and played a bit further up the field. And Declan Rice not really known for scoring. So, based on what you've seen so far, how's how's the um, team shifted around a little bit to get Declan Rice in there? Yeah. Uh... I think the first thing to say is he's not a Xhaka replacement in the so far as 
because Xhaka had such a good season last year that people are looking for someone to come in and, and replicate him. Uh, and that's not the case. I think Rice is someone who can play as a six and a, and, and an eight as well. So we're not expecting him to, to come in and do a Xhaka. That's the first thing to say. And I think the other thing is with not just Rice, but with all these additions to the squad, it was very predictable last year. You could, you could name anyone could name Arsenal's best 11. Uh, and there was a huge drop off. As soon as we lost a man, there was a clear drop off in, in quality as, you may or may not agree, but losing Saliba was a huge factor in us dropping off towards the end of the season and, you know, handing the title to City, basically. So uh, now we have strength in depth, and I think Rice is a, is a big part of that. And there may be games where he's rested. Uh, we, we've, we've toyed with this thing of what is uh, true squad rotation like with City it's not dropping players, it's rotation. And we have this mindset that as soon as someone doesn't play, they're dropped, they've done something wrong. And, and I think we need to get out of that mindset as Arsenal uh, fans because yeah. we've gotten used to the idea of this fixed 11. So that's a long-winded yeah, answer. But yeah. uh, it's, it's funny, a couple of years ago, Albert, doing a Xhaka was taking the captain's armband off and throwing it on the ground and marching <laughs> off the pitch against yeah, Palace. Yeah, some- just something I've done many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a real. It seems it's a real sort of road of redemption for him. The way he yeah. sort of left the club, almost you know. And I'm not not an Arsenal fan, so I can't put any emotions on it. But it felt like that had he stayed, that wouldn't have been you know a controversial move, and he'd have still sort of retained a place, a prominent place in that squad. So, yep. um, yeah. Um. Your depth has been affected, though, with the injury of, um, <laughs> I mean, not following. Uh, I've got two kids now. I find it hard to follow up Palace, let alone other teams, half the time. But um, mm. I saw him on the pitch and I thought it was Justin Timberlake for a second. <laughs> I was like, Jay Timber, what's going on here? Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, left back, full back? He, he's a full back and he's played right back for Ajax and centre half. And he's very two foot. As, you would imagine with an Ajax player, they're, they're, they're trained to be this sort of total football, yeah. uh, very strong on both feet. Uh, mm-hmm. And he slipped in at left-back seamlessly and had a really good pre-season. Uh, don't know if you saw any of the Charity Shield, sorry, Community Shield. Uh, and he played in that and was was flawless. Uh, I think he's taken a bit of time to get up to the pace of uh, the game over here. Uh, but... I hope that wasn't part of why how he got such a a bad injury. You know the fact that he was just pushing it a little bit. Uh, it's just deeply unfortunate that that he got injured in that way. Mm. Yeah, and it was so innocuous as well. I was watching the game when it happened, and um, mm. no one near him just had those always the ones that are the worst. Yeah, um, and one final thing on on depth as well. Another injury up front in Jesus. Um, yeah, which he picked up. Obviously, was early injured quite early last season as well. Um, now, Enketi has come in to replace him, and in Palace circles, he was joining us last summer mm. um, through the through the grapevine. Heard that it was a agent moving the goalpost right at the last minute and wanting a lot more money for him. That basically scuppered the deal. 
But now, just like last season, you're in a period of time where Nketi is going to be your first choice striker, which is um, how are you feeling about that? Is Are you happy with him as the second string behind Jesus? Is, is it good enough for a title push? Well, I'd, I'd probably question that he is our first choice. I think he, he trained like a demon last week and pushed himself into contention for, for the uh, Forest game. I had uh, Trossard down as the starter because he'd had a really good um, pre-season as well uh, and can play that nine. And it's not an out-and-out striker nine. It's more the kind of false nine. Uh, so he, he would be my go to for home games and also Havertz played really well in the community shield as that nine more again not a true number nine but a hold up striker that back to goal six foot four he can bring it down lay it off and he he was he played I thought very intelligently on that uh that community shield game so I think yes and Ketia is the kind of I suppose the default that that you would assume would would go in there, but this is about this depth thing that, that I'm talking about. I, I don't think Inketir is uh, a shoe in. I think he's just got there on merit this this game, and it may well be that he's rotated out uh, for the Palace game. Let's wait and see. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about former Brighton players on this podcast, unfortunately. So no, I still sorry. Trossard's, <laughs> Trossard's off the menu, <laughs> but he's not, he's um, not but Brighton have, anymore. So. Yeah. I'll put fifty p in the swear jar for you, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and yeah, and Kai Havertz, I think decent signing. Definitely a player in there. Um, physically, you just don't realise how big he is. You, you mentioned that he's six foot four. It's just for some reason he don't fit that mold in your head, and then you see him in person in a game, and I think he's you know scored a goal against us last season which all came about from basically physically dominating so um, mm. yeah but how's he looked on it I missed a couple of chances in the community shield and depends what world you live in if you live on social media that means he's a write-off immediately so but <laughs> how you been feeling after his first couple of performances yeah I didn't want to judge him too harshly on that I did think he should have stuck the second one away that he had but again I don't want to be too hard on him because like I said I thought he played a really good game uh, in terms of hold up laying off he's a smart player and and again on um, on Saturday he didn't have a bad game it's just you can't expect someone to hit the ground running and have that understanding with Martinelli on the left and the way that we play uh, you can see how on the other side Saka and Odegaard combine and Ben White when he's right back uh, it's going to take time for him to get used to that if he is our left eight so I'm 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 very Give him time. You know, patience is the key with, with all of them. I think Jurin Timber has actually bedded in, ironically, the fastest out of our new signings. Um, Rice is always coming out and saying things that, you know, oh, I've learned so much in the last week. You know, this is a new thing for me. And Arteta oh, is the, and Moyers must be sitting there thinking, you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's what's good about the Arsenal team at the moment. You've got... Whilst you haven't got an obvious, I mean, Jesus is on the bench, you haven't got an obvious 25 a goal, 25 goals a season yes. player. You've got enough players that can all score well, 10, 12, you know. This is the and interesting thing about, yeah, and we did that last year when Jesus, was, as you said earlier, you know, when Jesus was out for 10 or so games. And then prior to that, he hadn't scored for about half a dozen games either. But he was very, he was instrumental in our build-up and, and Saka and Martinelli and Erdegaard were weighing in with the goals. Uh, I think City, before they brought Haaland in, didn't really have a recognised striker because they had that season without Aguero where they were 
kind of rotating a lot and didn't really have an out and out striker. Uh, and they won the league on that. So I think, uh, obviously there's, there are comparisons between Pep and Arteta. I think Arteta is desperate to do it his way, but you know, he's, there's a lot rubbed off on him. Um, another 50p in a swear jar there because you mentioned Ben White. Um, oh, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. assuming you're covering this. <laughs> okay. I pay Euros. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> and um, finally, just finishing up, coming into the game against Palace on Monday night, um, hmm. I think probably last season your performances against us is the perfect parameter of how far you've come along under Arteta last season in terms of, you know, I think you had one win in eight games against us in the previous eight games. Mm. And then, you know, uh, probably a tougher game at Sellers, 2-0, and we probably did miss a couple of chances. But then the 4-1 was quite comprehensive at the Emirates. Um, so you must be feeling good. How are you feeling about Monday night? Is it is it is it... Uh, Back to the old days of when Arsenal used to just dismiss us all the time. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I actually think last season we hit the ground running because the people we brought in bedded in straight away, and the expectation wasn't great for us to go on. People were saying that they might scrape top four this year because we had such a, an impressive season last season. Uh, the expectation is there. There was a palpable difference in the crowd. I think that there's a kind of, come on then, let's see what you've, you've spent 180 million. Come on then, let's see what you've got kind of attitude amongst our own fan base, which uh, I hope the players take that on board and can cope with it because there wasn't that pressure last year. So I'm not being as optimistic in a sense. And I think... uh, Palace won their first game. They've obviously, it's something I would ask you as well is how do you feel things have changed since Vieira left? But maybe we can, you can touch on that briefly when I give you my score prediction. After I give you my score prediction, I'm going for 2 2. I think we'll, I think we'll be a draw. I'll, I'll, I'll take a 2 2. Um, yeah, you can have your Euro back out of swear jar for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a funny place at the moment, Crystal Palace Football Club, with you know the Elise to Chelsea thing hanging over us. Mm. Um, you know Liverpool sniffing around Decore. It's it's going to be an interesting few weeks before the end of the transfer window to see what happens. Um, I think if we can keep the squad that we've got now together, I think we're in a pretty good we're in a pretty good position. Um, Edouard scored scored the opening goal of the season, really struggled to get goals last season, but he looked like a new man. Maybe that he's been reinvigorated under Roy Hodgson, like, you know, give him a very clear, this is the player we want you to be kind of thing, which perhaps didn't happen under Vieira, who he had, Mm. he had apparently a bit of a falling out with. And so I don't know, it's this, you know, it's, it's early doors. Strange to see Arsenal a good side. I think, as I say, we'll, we'll snap your hands off for a point, to be honest, on Monday night. It's going to be a really, really difficult game. Um, I mean, adding Declan Rice to your ranks, every time I've seen him play live, he's been outstanding, really. Um, really, like, you know, different class of a player. And, um, yeah, mm. so I'll take a 2-2. And... I think are Albert, you, are Ketia? you going on the North Bank podcast? I, I, don't <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't oh, think we can afford. I don't think we can afford him at the moment. 
<laughs> yeah, bound, bound to bang one in on Monday night. Mm, obviously. But Albert, are you going on the North Bank podcast to talk to Chris and his gang? Yeah, well, you know, hopefully. Before the game. And, so, then, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and spoiler, I won't be predicting a two-all draw. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, brilliant. Look, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate your time, mate. And thanks for your insights. And of course, if you want to go and listen to your podcast, just North Bank podcast on all outlets yeah absolutely on, on the, the usual apple spotify and there is a social media thread as well the north bank pod uh we've just started so it's you know go easy on us but yeah mm. ditto um <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll be saying that to you on monday night as well <laughs> <laughs> brilliant stuff and uh the worst of possible luck on monday night mate Take thank care. you thank you <laughs> enjoy your holiday Back towards Ward, then halfway for Jefferson Lerman, the new man from Bournemouth. Well, the Blades players have stepped away from him, and Lerman will play it to the right now for Ayu. Ayu looking to take on Osborne. Goes to the byline, crosses low into the middle, and the ball is going to be turned home in the six yard box by Odson Edward. It's a soft one for the Blades to take. It was a ball in. Osborne couldn't cut it out. Sheffield United nil. Crystal Palace won. Strange to explain. It was Ian Botham's soft one. It was hard for the Blades to take now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Ayu is the one providing the assist there. Not Michael Elise, who is obviously injured, but may not be a Crystal Palace player for much longer now. I think we briefly touched on it last week as it potentially being a possibility that it was gone, but now it looks like it's all but done. Um, Palace are in negotiations with Chelsea, which just I just I just cannot believe that Elise is even considering Chelsea as the the option that it's going to be given the shit show that place is right now, particularly around what they've just done to Lewis Hall, who was supposed to be coming on loan to us. Um, they've It appears they've tricked him into signing a six-year contract under the pretense that he was coming to Palace on loan for a season. But now they're shopping him around and selling him for £30 million to Newcastle, which is not just, you know shit in itself to Lewis Hall. Even Chelsea fans think it's fucking stupid. Um, they will, you know, why have you got an, a 19-year-old who's already got Premier League experience, shown he can do it, all he needs is a loan move away. You know, learn from Mark Gay, for example. We've, we've seen what we've done in the past with players like this. So Chelsea fans aren't happy. Lewis Hall can't be happy. We now obviously are not getting him on loan if they're trying to shop him around. And I imagine we're in negotiations with Chelsea about some kind of sweeten alone to say, if you're going to take Elise, please sort us out with. I imagine we're trying to make Conor Gallagher happen. I mean, I think he's made it very clear that he doesn't want to come back to us in you know any permanent sense. Whether he'd be open to another loan, I don't know. You know, they keep adding midfielder after midfielder. I can't see how he's going to get in that midfield next season. So maybe we are an option, for, a loan option for him this season. 
maybe that pushes Eze out wide left and Conor Gallagher playing more central, a bit more, you know, reprising his role that he had under Vieira. He can um, come in and replace Czech de Cure when he goes to Liverpool. <laughs> I will get, let, let's, let's get into the Corey after I don't. So at least say we talked last week about him being very well advised and, you know, you know, really having a plan for his career going forward. And the end game was one of the top four in the Premier League. And I, th- I just think, che- I think Chelsea's a stupid decision for him. But, um, this late in the window, Heskiff, it's a it's a big it's a big loss for us. Do you, you know, especially considering it's only really we've lost Zaha as well. So, you know, France is injured. It's going to take some time to adjust. It's you know, it's a shame really, and it probably feels for everyone a season too early for him as well. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think it's a season too early for him. Um, I think if he has another season with us where he's even better again as he was his second season to his first. I could, I mean, genuinely see him play for Man City. I don't think that'd be out of the realms of possibility. Chelsea just seems like an absolute circus now. I mean, they've always been a bit of a bit of a circus, but they're literally buying a new player every day. You know, they bought Casado. Now they're buying Lavia. They've bought, you know, God knows how many other players in the summer already for extortionate amounts of money. And I just, yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to say if I was him, I wouldn't go there. I mean, I'm a Palace fan as well. I don't want him to, but you would, you just don't get another another good year with Palace, and you're you're set for like proper top club. Um, I don't know what it says about his ambition that he wants to move to a club that finished below us in the league. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it, it puts us it puts us in a, in a bit of strife as well because if you look at our squad now, including like you say, Wilf's gone. This greater stuff happening, um, much as they weren't playing, having Luca and Jimmy leave or retire means we've got two less bodies in the squad there. When you put it down on paper now, the squad looks really, really thin. And we're giving ourselves two weeks to, to fill it. I don't see that happening, to be honest. I hope it does. I've got a lot of faith in Dougie. I have less faith in the back end from whatever makeup the board is these days. Um and I think, you know, we, we should be preparing, as, as sad as it is that he's going to Elise, over the summer, they must have known there was a chance that we'd lose both Wilf and Elise. Hope that we wouldn't lose either, but there's a chance we would. I I guess bringing Francher in is something, but like you say, he's not only is he injured, but he's a 19-year-old kid who's going to take time, even if he's not injured, to settle in, brand new continent, new culture, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and that's before we even talk, like you say, talk about the Decore rumours. So it's pretty tough. It's gone from a, I think we're two or three players away from being a real, we could push on up the league, you know, to maybe like seventh or eighth if we had an amazing season. To now I'm just like, God, let's just try and have a <laughs> five-man squad. Yeah, get get Florian Marange back over. Yes. There's, there's room for you now, mate. <laughs> we'll even give you a tracksuit this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, there's, you know, it's all getting messy as well. There's been, you know, suggestions from, I think, Mock Bell at the uh, Mal saying that tapping up has occurred under with Elise. 
Although the most blatant case of tapping up I've seen this week was Alan Shearer putting Churchill Anderson in his team of the week and Anderson reposting it on Instagram. <laughs> like, fuck's sake, Shearer. He, he feels like he can do anything now. He's, he's, got rid of, he's got rid of Kane to Germany. He's like, <laughs> come and get me. Um, yeah, the, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, it's, and it's not even just Elise, but, and I know they're only headlines, and I know most of it's on social media, but the number, the number of headlines and tweets that you see nowadays that say, and I'll use Elise as an example, Elise, he's agreed terms with Chelsea, he's agreed to the move, and it's like, well, hang on a minute. Isn't it the wrong way around? Doesn't doesn't a club need to agree to it first, or this fucking release clause that seems to come fucking in and out like the hokey cokey? Doesn't that need to be fucking activated first before we start talking about broadcasting that players have, have agreed terms with a with a club that isn't theirs? Um, and then I think as 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 re, you know, again, we're where are we? We're ten o'clock on Wednesday night. You know, a couple of hours ago, saw a headline that said or or a tweet that said. Elise hasn't fucking spoken to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> they're still they're, they're still talking to the club, and it's like what the you know what's going on. Like, I mean, the listen, it wouldn't surprise me if there's been whatever. If we're going to call it tapping up, then let's call it tapping up. Of course, we it clearly fucking happens all the time in football, um, especially if an agent knows that. Yeah, if there is a release clause, you know, the agent only gives a shit about making their money. Um, and getting their client as much as much money as they can, and Chelsea are going to are going to double, triple whatever is on the table or not on the table from us at the moment. So it's just it's just they say it's just compounded by the fact that you know it's the same same window as Zaha going. I don't, I don't know what we can do to. I mean, there's nothing we can do to stop it, but you know, it, there's a real now real pressure, real pressure on Parish and and Dougie and and the board to. To get bodies in, I, I feel if you know, especially with the France out and probably not settling until probably half a season in anyway. Well, the positivity around that is in release. goes France is actually a right winger by trade, so he can play his natural position now instead of having to learn to play left wing as the Zaha replacement he came in for. That's that's my super positive hat on there. Wow. <laughs> yes, but. The core raid to Liverpool, I think we're in a much, much stronger position. And I think Liverpool were, yes, I, I think they're looking at options. They Liverpool really miss a solid rock, basically, in front of them. Back three, four, whatever they play, whatever they play over there. Uh, and they need it desperately. Everyone knows they need it desperately. And they're in the market for anyone who exists, basically. And we're in such a strong position with him. With the way the market is, he's got, how a long enough length of time left on these contracts. I just can't see why if Liverpool want to come and pay 110 million for him, then good luck to you. Here you go. Have him for 110 million. So you'll drive, you'll drive him straight there from Plymouth. for (laughs) No, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive. I wouldn't be like that, but you know, you put him and Casado side by side, look at, look at stats and things like that. There's not, not a million miles between them. Very, very similar. Um, so, why why should we sell if if we you know, we're under no pressure to? It would really, really scupper our plans if we do sell him. And yeah, if if we haven't got someone as a replacement lined up, if we've got the next the core lined up in the background and saying that you know this is someone who's on our radar, 
yeah, you sell him, you sell him for hundred million, sell Decore for hundred million, and bring in that option for fifteen, twenty million, like we did with Decore. Fine, but if we haven't got that, we don't, we don't need to sell him now. I think that what's Decore twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's so that option's always going to be there available for him. But obviously, at least they should know that as well. But here we are. So yeah, I don't know. And at this late stage, I can't see there hasn't been any concrete links. I know Arsenal are worried about losing Gabriel to Saudi. Uh, could that mean they look at Gay? I don't know. But I think it's all too late in the window. Again, he's, an, he's another one we don't need to sell. Uh, I don't think we'll sell Anderson. We uh, we never announced contracts. I'm assuring there's, uh, assuming there's some sort of conversations going on. We've got a lot more money to divvy out now that, you know, Wolf's not there. That's a big saving on weekly wages, for example. Elise is going to add another chunk back into that. So I'm sure we're taking care of the players that we need to take care of in the background. At least I hope we are. <laughs> yeah, we better be. Yes, exactly. So... It's going to be a certainly uh, interesting couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll have to touch on it over the next couple of podcasts. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I do think we still need to bring more players in, even if mm. no one else goes out. You know, um, you're seeing these, like Albert said, there's rumours every day on Twitter and, and whatever. I'm sure 99% of them are a load of old nonsense, but yeah, I think we, we do need to reinforce the squad, even if. I mean, let's say Elise goes, even if no one else goes, I, I still think we're really light. So I'm hoping that we're still working on stuff. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't bring anyone else in, but we we, we, we really should be doing it. Roy yeah. will be squaring up to everyone if we don't fucking bring anyone in. Yeah. Roy with a new lease of life, ready to go. Um, yes. So we are going to finish it there. We'll be back next week. Sans Albert, you're missing next week, aren't you? So I think we'll have our first guest no. presenting it. Guest pre- no? Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. You're going to try. Okay. Good to hear. Well, we'll line up a guest presenter anyway. Maybe we'll have all four of us if you can still make it. We'll see what goes on. Because if we can line up Carl, maybe we'll have a good one to have on week before the transfer window. I mean, so. I'd like to listen to that. So. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll tap him up. I'll see if he's available. <laughs> sorry, sorry, tapping up. Shit tapping up joke. Really, really bad. Um, but thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, we are at winging it. Wing it, winging it, winging it. Winging it. Drinking at, it. Uh, we're at winging it, CPFC, on Twitter, threads, and Instagram. Or you can email us at winging it, CPFC at gmail.com questions queries anything like that get in touch public appearances um, no pictures of Ian Botham's penis <laughs> uh, we had some we had some nice contacts on the BBS this week we did uh, yeah. we did so um, thank you thank you to everyone who took time there to compliment us I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at Heskiff to be like you're our go-to bbs guy here yeah it wasn't all my 10 burner accounts on there it was honestly (laughs) people who seem to like the show so thanks a lot yes excellent stuff and who's next week brentford Mm. yep right so it will be 
it will be next week. I did allude to next week that we're doing the Marathon March and we're, perhaps we'll talk about it this week, but we're going to talk about it next week because as part of my training, I'm going to walk to Brentford away. Heskiff. How many miles is that? 14. Heskiff, the offer's open if you would like to join me on that walk. That's a, that's a TBC, mate. <laughs> that is a TBC. Mm, so if you if you see me, uh, I'd avoid giving me a hug at Brentford away because I'm probably going to be very sweaty by the time I get there. But um, that's part of my training, yeah. And I, I've got some fundraising ideas as well for us. Um, either of you any good with hot sauce? Absolutely not. But let me tell you something. I've raised plenty of money already. So you Hang on, isn't the, isn't the walking the fundraising part? Yeah, but we can do stuff to aid fundraising. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll pass you some hot sauce. No, no I, I just no, no. I'm I'm more thinking about me and you, Albert, having a hot sauce off of some variety. That sounds far too erotic. <laughs> we'll get um, Ian Botham into. <laughs> Whoa! Easy now. Oh. And to our listeners, there. Heskiff might have Thanks. just held up something Ian Bowman related to the camera. A picture of. So anyway, <laughs> at that point. It was we'll just sign- my last text from Albert. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll sign off. Um, thanks as always to Breaking Saints Music. This is their song Wire that you'll be hearing on the way up. You can go and get that on Spotify, iTunes, anything like that. That's Breaking Saints Music. And the song is called Wire. Until next week, up the palace.